Authentic Life with Josiah Ball. What's up, guys? It's your host, Josiah Ball here uh, with your Authentic Life podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week, and thanks for being a continued listener of the podcast. Uh, I love seeing uh, the different listens that come in from around the world, from uh, different uh, genders, from different uh, resources like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's just cool to see these different things. And so I just want to say thank you to you, the listeners. You know, I, I would still do this just because of the conversations I have in these podcasts even if nobody listened. But the fact that people are tuning in to these conversations are actually enjoying it and continuing to listen, it's really moving to me. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, you can help me out with this by sharing it with a friend, uh, leaving a review on P Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and uh, going in, just going online and sharing it with people and saying like, hey, check this out. Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. Send it to your pastor. Whoever it is uh, that you feel like needs to have this, let them have it get it to them it's free why not so um but yeah before i get into this interview here with uh andy andrew i just want to say that this is one of my favorite conversations i ever had um you know all the conversations i've had in the podcast in the past uh half year since i started this have been incredible but there was something uh, about this specific uh, conversation that really touched my heart uh, and what I've been facing when it comes to relationships with people, when it comes to past relationships that I had to break off, that I felt like God was calling me to. So going into that, um, you know, it, it did get a little emotional for me at times, but it was just definitely a powerful conversation and just made a connection with a great woman of God, uh, Andy. Uh, and I can't wait to connect with her husband one day, but I hope you enjoy this and yeah, tune in. Hey there, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. Uh, I have the privilege, everybody's a privilege that comes on for me to talk to them that comes on this uh, podcast. But today it's very special. We have author of uh, Friendship, It's Complicated, uh, Andy Andrew here with us and uh, connected uh, with her through my mom, actually. So it's been uh, it's a privilege to have you on here, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. And thank awesome. you for having me on. Seriously. I love your mom and by extension, you already. So. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you met my mom, like she invited you to come to her, the maid movement, which actually yeah. I think that conference is coming up in March yeah, uh, and just about a month after this is being released. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. She's just keeping it going. And you spoke there last year. Yeah, it was last year. And honestly, I fell in love with her and awesome. the women and what God is doing there. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. So what's, what's, uh, happening in your life right now? What's going on? Well, we as a family are still, I would say in the middle of a major life transition. We, okay. I think, gosh, around the time I was meeting your mom, I think we had just moved. We had pastored a church in New York city for 12 years. We planted wow. it. Yeah, we moved our little kids. My husband's Australian. And so we moved from Australia where we had our first three kids and we planted a church and planted communities throughout the city um, and had one more kid. So we had four kids there. And then, you know, the, the season started to shift for us at the end of 2018, but we didn't move until, uh, May, wait, March of last year. And so we're now in Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. And my husband has started something called the Barnabas network where he is caring for and pastoring pastors. So caring awesome. for those who lead. So I think for us, you know, after leading, um, in being in ministry and pastoring a church, uh, our heart just got bigger for the pastors and leaders because it's just, um, it's a role and a mantle that a lot of people just don't understand and how much care they need to be able to keep going and run in well, their lane. Sure. So that's kind of the shift that we're doing. We're planted at a great church down here called Seacoast and um, just serving there. And our kids are like, wow, we live in the South, you know, after <laughs> growing up in New York and riding the subway to school, they're like, what is this place? But they're doing right. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a big shift, you know, like New York city. I mean, I've been there a bunch living in New York, mm -hmm. you know, it's closest city to us. That's, yep. you know, major city. And um, and I've been, the, it's Charleston, you said, or Charlotte? Yeah. Charleston. Charleston. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a change. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's a massive change, but yeah. 
but it's been good. Yeah. Good. good. Um, so you've wrote, and how many books have you written now? Like I have, um, written three that are published and I just turned in my fourth manuscript. So that awesome. one is in the works and will come out next year. It actually is like a long, like a takes a while, but that's yeah. when it'll be out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wrote one book and tell me about um, it. What is, what's your book called? It's called <clears throat> authentic you and mm-hmm. it's authentic you subtitle living out the masterpiece life. And I yeah. attack the, um, ideal that we're, you know, that a lot of Christians have that we're just like dust, we're pathetic and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm like, well, Christ is actually sees you as, you know, divine, you have a divine nature, you're a masterpiece. He created you and we should start living life like that. And how do, how do you live that out? And in conversation with God and like hearing him through that and stuff. So, Mm. yeah, that's amazing. When did you, when did your book come out? That was 2021. It came out. Um, I finished it in 2020, it took me about two years Oof. and then, yeah. And now I'm working on my next one. So it's Come on. it's Congratulations. but it's fun. But honestly, the publishing industry is changing so much and self-publishing yeah. is a really powerful way to go. So yeah. that's, I love that. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I keep telling my parents, you need to write books, like both of them. Yes. Them. Leave an inheritance for us. Yeah. We need, we need their books. <laughs> yeah. So they'll hear this and they'll be encouraged. So that'll yeah. be good. So. <laughs> Um, so your book, Friendship, It's Complicated. I wanted to, that, was that your most recent one or did you come up? With, yeah. yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that part of living authentically, you have to live in relationships with people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, and it is complicated. These different relationships we have and friendships and trying to create boundaries. And I definitely struggle with boundaries in the sense of over, I overshare my life with people. Right. And like, I, and it's like, oh, that could be like really used against me and, and harm. Mm-hmm. And that's stuff I've learned over my life, especially in my marriage when my wife tells me, you know, like, Hey, you need to like, you know, slow down, not tell everybody. I'm like, oh, wow. You're yeah. so wise. I needed to hear that. <laughs> so, uh, nobody told me. And, uh, but yeah, so, but you start off your book, um, mm-hmm. talking about, um, mother wounds. Yeah. And a lot of times we see in media and I think of the show, like how I met your mother and yeah, tongue in cheek where, you know, Barney, the character, he goes after girls who have quote daddy issues. And mm-hmm. that's like a huge thing. Um, yeah. Media knows about it. Christians know about it. We always talk about the father wounds and our relationship to God, but nobody ever talks about the mother wounds and you yeah. hit that head on. So like what, Tell us more about and unfold that, what that looks like in your life and how people can be like, oh, wait, that's me. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a big part of, of this book was, you know, the first half is about like recognizing your own issues so that you can heal, not just so that you can point them out, but then the second part is so you can be intentional in relationship and build healthier relationships. And so I think for me, what I realized is I went through this season where, um, you know, I had all of these relationships that were burning to the ground. And I'm like, I am an adult. I'm too old for this. Like, yeah. I thought I would get to this certain part in my life or this point in my life where, you know, relationships would just be easy. Like where that ideal came from, I don't know. But right. I think I thought you'd get to this certain sage wisdom stage, which I'm only in my 40s. So I'm really, you know, yeah. I'm not really there yet. So, <laughs> but I think I thought it would get easier. And I remember being in this place where I was like ruminating on the pain and like, why, why is this happening? happening, God? Why are these relationships falling to the ground? Why are they not working out? And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Hey, Andy, you are the common denominator in every relationship that you're in. And I was like, Mm. wow, like that was super intense to start with. But then I started to look at my relationships, realizing that some of my relationships specifically with other women, um, had to do with some of the issues I had from my childhood with my mother. And like you said, I went, Oh my gosh. Like now, now let me preface this with the fact that my mother and I have done a lot of work on our relationship. We really love each other. We've had a lot of reconciliation. Um, My mom even wrote part of chapter one. So like, it's just really cool. And so um, she allowed me to write about this and about our relationship because I thought, you know what? if we've got something that we've learned and we've reconciled and we've healed, I would love to give this away. Yeah. So what I started to realize is from a very young age, um, again, all of us have 
imperfect families, right? Now I'm yeah. a mother of four and I'm like, oh my gosh, my kids, like I have so much to apologize for, right? Right. <laughs> you, you just realize like we're imperfect people. So I've got a lot of grace for my parents. Um, but you go back and you look at your family of origin from your mother and father or lack thereof. And it just creates a lens at which you look through the world. You cannot help doing that. But that's why when you receive Jesus, you receive a gospel lens as well. So you've got to get good at putting that on, but you got to get healed to some of the ways that you look at stuff that's unhealthy. And so with the mother wound, if you will, what I realized that was for me in particular was, uh, from a very young age, my mom was like, or she was an overshare. She overshared mm-hmm. things with me, um, as a little girl that were not for me to fix or carry. And I learned codependency. I learned how to carry things for her. I learned how this need to be needed, but also was angry that she was coming. You know what I mean? So then fast forward as an adult, guess what I'm doing in my adult relationships, the exact same thing. And no wonder they're not working out. And so it was this moment. And the reason why I started there is to kind of just open up the heart and go, Hey, we, we need to look at where we're at because we can only own what we can own. I can't change anybody else in the relationships that I'm in, but what I can do is become healthier. And so we have to look at the lens at which we're looking through, um, that we're looking through at relationships. And, um, you know, maybe you had a mother that was present or one that wasn't present, maybe one that was domineering and controlling, or, you know, um, I don't know what it was or that abandoned you. I don't know, but either way it will affect the way you look at relationships. So you got to go to a place where you can recognize it and then you can walk in healing through it. Yeah. In my book, authentic you, I open up with like, you know, you got, it's the first chapter is called origin story and how like going back and looking at why do you, why do you live the life you live now? Like how, why, how you talk, your ideals, your, um, even your theology and, and just yeah. like how you may work around people. Like it's all affected on how you grew up in your relationships, what was taught to you and what was just, you know, burned into you, or it could be even trauma and, and, totally. um, and writing that stuff down and identifying it, I think it's really important to help you understand how you are today. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Now I need to read your book though. <laughs> I'll send you it. I'll send Yay. you it. Okay, good. Yeah. It's it's funny because like it's similar fashion, like with, I I had a daddy issue, you know, my dad and we're like yeah. super like tight now, like, yeah, but it took something tragic in my life, uh, which I've talked about in here it was uh, my first, um, my first uh, wife left me yeah, and that was something my dad and I could relate with. And I went to him and then, um, my, in effect, so my relationship with my dad is how I view my relationship with God. And then we, and then we connected, um, and he wrote me this letter, or I wrote a letter to God, a lament, very angry lament. Mm. And my dad wrote a letter in response. Um, and I didn't know he did that until I got home. He he found it in the basement and stuff and wrote a letter in response. And then it just like mended our relationships and- (gasps) And, but I didn't realize until later, like, wow, like my entire life, um, I had to look back and be like, wow, it it was difficult growing up a pastor's kid. It was difficult, like having these calls on your life and you can never live up to them and create a distance. And then reality was like, my dad's always loved me. And, and we had those conversations. So um, and he wrote the forward in the book. So, okay. That yeah. is so, I definitely need your book. So I'm yeah. glad you're sending it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll send it down. So that's really but powerful. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so, um, with friendship, it's complicated. What, how, I think boundaries is an important topic and you mm-hmm. hit boundaries, um, right off the bat. Everybody has different thoughts on boundaries. Um, yeah. I've heard like Jesus is the center. And then you got to like your family's next and then that that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, how would you attack, you know, the conversation with boundaries with people without being like, like being able to be loving to people, identifying toxicity and, and being able to put up that boundary, but still loving. Totally. Well, cause what's so interesting is you need boundaries even in, with your children in marriage yeah. in, isn't that funny? Like you think, even though, you know, my husband and I are one, there's still moments where I was like, Ooh, you know what? I can't, I can't own that for you. I'm going to need you to carry that. And mm. I think this beautiful picture that, um, I heard about once I wrote about this was, I mean, imagine your neighbor, right? You have a fence in between your 
houses, but if that fence falls down and your neighbor kicked it over and then they just start taking all the junk from there, but you've been manicuring your lawn, you've been taking care of it. You've, you know, been watering your lawn, but then they just start to let their lawn overgrow. They take all their junk, throw it into your yard. I mean, you would, you would be like, Hey, Right. This is your stuff. I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to come clean up your stuff and I'm going to need you to mend the fence. And a lot of times we don't do that in relationship no. um, because we don't see as clearly. Sometimes we don't have discernment to see. So I think when it comes to boundaries in relationship, whether that is in your marriage or friendship or, um, and just all different types of relationships that we have realizing what is yours and what is theirs, what the, where your autonomy is. Um, and I think you know, one of the things we do when we walk someone through a forgiveness prayer is as you forgive somebody, you say this line, you say, um, as you release them to God, you say, uh, it's, it's not for me to fix and it's not for me to carry. And so you have to realize what is not for you to fix and what is not for you to carry and what is yours to own in a relationship. That's where boundaries kind of begin. And I love that. Um, as you learn about boundaries, if you read the boundaries books, they talk about skin being the most like just the, the first boundary that we actually have. So when that is violated as a child, mm -hmm. if there is abuse in any form, that is like the height of a boundary cross, right? right? Because you have autonomy as a person before God who created you. Um, and so I just, I guess, so then toxicity, realizing that the, the moment you realize a friendship or a relationship is toxic is when that person will not own their stuff, but expect for you to fix it for them or wow. expect you to carry it for them or keep throwing it over into your yard and being like, it's your problem. It's like, actually, it's not my problem. And I'm not yeah. going to pick up what you're putting down. I'm going to let you pick that back up and I'm going to let you own that. And so I think that that's what I have realized is when you're doing all the work in a relationship, when you're picking up stuff for people that is not for you to pick up, when, when you get into a place where you start to question, like even your sanity, where everything's your fault and you're like, wait, is everything my fault? Mm. Like paying attention to those things. Cause that is a, that is a melding of boundaries that is they're, they're starting to melt to the ground. They're not working anymore. And you need to probably look at, okay, where can I go? Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. When you are willing to work on your stuff, I'm willing to engage in relationship with you. But until then, I'm just not sure that I'm able to, or this is not a safe relationship for me. I've had to say that before yeah. Um, because of gossip or slander. And someone comes and brings it to me. And I was like, wait a sec, you've been talking to a whole bunch of people about me. Yeah. I'm just going to need to let you know that this is no longer a safe space for me. And I'm really heartbroken to say that, but I can't engage in a relationship, a trusting relationship. If I don't know that you are going to, I don't know what you're going to say after this conversation, you know? Right. So it's things like that, just paying attention and being bold enough to know I am valuable before God. And I want to walk in health in my own mind, body, and spirit and, um, being able to set those boundaries, um, yeah. to give health to that, that person as well as yourself. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so people can react negatively to that. Be like, Oh, you're not a safe place. Right. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like, they're almost like, I see people getting put off guard. Like, mm. um, how, what would you say to somebody like, you know, people pleasing is like, uh, you know, I, I struggle with people pleasing for sure. And that could cause me to yeah. not have boundaries. Um, the fact that I would have to tell somebody you're not safe. Um, I know. It's, it's terrifying. Such a scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, 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 but it's needed. And, and honestly, I feel like sometimes, and I've had to put up boundaries with different people in my life and it caused a lot of pain, um, mm. in relationships with other people. Cause yeah. I almost looked like this bad guy. And then all of a sudden I put up, I put up a boundary and it's like, it's your, this person's now talking, you know, running your name through the mud, even though it's, it's like, great. Hey, I so much fun put that up. <laughs> yeah. I put up yeah. that boundary because of that. And then it mm -hmm. almost reveals to you like, okay, good thing I did put up that boundary. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like, wow, these people are actually believing this person that was toxic in my life. And now I'm losing those friends. More friends. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That definitely happens. And I think that, um, it's interesting. The, I love that you bring this up because I think 
Jesus is just so tender to like peel back the layers of healing in that. Because I think for me, I've been in scenarios like that too, where you do put up a boundary and then it's like almost like gossip becomes wildfire and you become the bad guy and you're like, okay. And you do lose more friends and that has happened. Yeah. And ministry is a unique thing in and of Mm -hmm. itself with that too. So that's just like a whole nother conversation. But, um, all that to say, I think one of the the biggest things that I have learned, and I'll, I'll even say over the last couple of years when it comes to people pleasing or, and, and again, that comes with the codependency that I learned from a young age too. It's wanting yeah. people to be okay, wanting everyone to be okay to my own detriment. So um, I'll just share something really recent, actually, that um, God just shared with me. And I, I um, realized that the fear of man sometimes overtakes me like the Mm. fear of what people can say about me do cancel me love me hate me like it becomes all consuming sometimes and I fear man more than I fear losing intimacy with the father and that like rocked my world that I was like wow I I care more about that than I care losing intimacy with you and there was this morning just last week where I didn't sleep very well um, because I had been ruminating on fear of man stuff. Right. And I woke up that morning and uh, I woke up to this picture, like God gave me this vivid picture. Um, and my leg was caught in a hunting trap in a, and I was in like this frightening, like forest. Like it looked like, you know, an enchanted movie sort of thing, yeah, yeah. but it was like, the terrifying forest and I couldn't move. And off in the distance, I could see a kingdom of light, but I was stuck. And all I could hear was this, you know, the snap of a twig where, or the growl of an animal that was going to come and consume me and kill me. And the, the terror, and then seeing this kingdom of light that I couldn't get to. And then Jesus comes around the corner, opens up the trap, picks me up, heals my leg and carries me into the kingdom of light. Now, beautiful picture. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I hear the Holy spirit say, Hey, Andy, you can come back and put your foot in this snare any old time you want to, or you can walk into the kingdom of light whenever you want to. It's a choice whether you will be consumed with the fear of man and what people think about you and what they can do to you rather than stepping into what I already have for you. And then reading, I think it's Proverbs 29, that it says, you know, the fear of man is a snare, but those who trust in the Lord are kept safe. Wow. And, and I feel like that is this big revelation that I'm even walking through again in this season of life. I mean, I'm like 44 and I'm like I'm too old for this. Like, I feel <laughs> like I'm supposed to be okay with this now, Right. but it's just layer upon layer of realizing, yeah, my friend group may get smaller. Um, people may talk, but I know that I am living my life before God and I want to repent before him because at the end of my life, I have this healthy fear of God, right? right. That one day I'm going to stand before him and I'm not going to get to blame everybody for why I'm bitter, angry or whatever, or alone. I just get to go, God, like to the best of my ability, I kept my heart pure and I did what was in front of me. And I was obedient to your whisper, wow. even when that was difficult and people said they lied about me or whatever that is, you know? Right. So wow. that's a lot, but that's like something for right now that's happening for me. (laughs) Right. No, that's, that's good. Like, I mean, like I needed that, you know, and like, I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. need that because, um, it's just, you know, confirming, you know, because I mean, everything's so in front of you and especially with the age of social media where there's no boundaries, um, you know, and it's like, what do I, you know, you're seeing stuff, passive aggressive things. And like, it's like, what do I do with this? And why am I, getting so affected with it by it and why is Mm -hmm. it affecting my my life my family my um and my friendships and like why why does a good decision a faithful decision where I feel like God was in it cause so much grief and um it's just so good just to be like just just fall in love with me you know like just it's what God's saying like let put these things away the anxious thoughts the the let tomorrow worry about tomorrow and you focus on me. And, yeah. 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 I was but, thinking about how, um, how interesting, how loud the voices of fear get, right? Mm-hmm. Anxiety, fear, worry about what other people think, but it's like, we tap into those, but we, we have the ability to hear God yet. We forsake that. Wow. And I'm like, Oh God, forgive me. Like, 
the, the access that I have to your truth and to your love is so much bigger. And I'm just choosing to walk on over here and just listen to lies. And so I just think like, sometimes I like need to be jolted awake to remind myself. I am so, I am so empowered to walk over here, not over there. You know what I mean? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny you say that because this morning I was reading, um, I'm going through C.S. Lewis's space trilogy and I never knew he really had this. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm in the second book and there's this character ransom who goes to this planet, which is, um, uh, Mars in the first book. And then he comes back and he gets invited to go to Venus and there's a different name for that. Perlandia is the name of it. Um, and the guy that's coming, that's supposed to be partners with ransom to help him. He ransom calls him and says, Hey, you need to come help me. And he's walking up and he's like, Oh, I have fears ransom, even alive. And he starts doubting and stuff like that. And he gets to the house and, and all of a sudden light comes on and he and he's like what was all that happening goes oh that was all fake that was just um the fallen the fallen angel just putting those things in your way so you get away from your destiny i need to read that my my mom reads has read those and she's like oh they're so good it's so descriptive and it's so beautifully done and i never you know i've gone through narnia series Mm -hmm. and i but i've never dove into this i was like there was this even a thing and what's funny is reading through this before like he wrote it before we went to the moon. He wrote it before like all these oh, different he's... like space explorations. And it's like, wow, like it's really cool. Have you read the screw tape letters? Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. even that, like, I think this for me is like the past is frozen and no longer flows. Like, yeah, it's like, but the present is all lit up with eternal rays. Like the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Wow. And I think even for me, that's a huge thing. It's like, Hey Andy, like, thank you for everything you've done back there. Even the hard stuff, even the stuff you've had to leave behind, like cut ties with it. It's frozen. It no longer flows. Like the present is all lit up with eternal rays. And like, there's so much hope in that. Yeah. Like to run today in what you have in front of you. Hey there, guys. I don't want to take up too much of your time. We'll get back to Andy soon, but I just wanted to tell you about a quick news source that I've discovered called The Pour Over. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's an unbiased news source outlet where uh, you can just you you subscribe and you uh, get in your inbox and your email three times a week news. Now, I say I'm biased because you go on Facebook and all of a sudden you're seeing all these articles of different things, conspiracy theories, and if you're like me, I'm tired of it. I'm like, can somebody just tell me the facts and what to pray for uh, and and how I can help in any sort of way? That's what the pour over does. It gives you the facts. It just says, hey, this is what happened this week. This is how you can pray for it. This is how... Uh, it relates to scripture and that's all it is. It doesn't have any bias. It doesn't have any conspiracy theories. Uh, sometimes they make jokes. They send funny gifts to keep it entertaining as well in it. And, and it's Christian based, faith based. And I just, you know, and I, I swear to you, it is unbiased. It, it literally just gives you the facts and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to what people put on Facebook because I've got tired of it. I said, there's so much crap in the world and now i want something that just tells me hey this is what happened this is how it is and that's a pour over so how do you subscribe you can go to my link at www.helloimjosiah.com and there's a link on there to subscribe to the pour over and it's free do it you can donate to them if you want it's great um, resource but yeah that's all back to andy andrew what would you say is the difference between like Hey, I need to put you to the side and, yeah. and in a healthy way. Like, how do you, like, what's the best way to communicate it to somebody like, it, you know, yeah, obviously it's not an abrupt, like, Hey, you're dangerous. Bye. You know, yeah, like, no, that do- it doesn't usually happen like that. And I no. know even the way I said it was very intense before. Right. <laughs> right. But people, but how I think, do you do that? Yeah. Like people, I feel like you know, be like, okay, I have no idea how to talk to them. And then it's just word vomit. And that could happen all the time. Then you say something you never thought you would say, and then anger could happen. And, and, you know, but the, to, to be able to do it in a healthy way, but also preserve Mm -hmm. who you are and your identity without that people pleasing, like, like, that's good. Like, how does that work? 
Yeah. I mean, I've had a few different scenarios of this. So I think number one there to be able to have a conversation like that. I think there's a few ways this happens. Sometimes you're never going to have the conversation with someone. And I think those are the ones that are the hardest because there's an open loop, right? Yeah. Is it feels like, I think that friendship has ended or that relationship has ended, but I've got ghosted or we're not, you know, in today's terms, but in, in essence, it's like something just stopped, like the flow stopped on one end Mm -hmm. and there's no reciprocity. And I think that's the thing. If it's not reciprocated, there's no reciprocity. Um, that's really hard that you're going to have to like put a relationship to bed that you never get to have a, a final goodbye or conversation or, Hey, what happened here? Like just to be able to let that go. And those I find personally, uh, the most difficult because that, that, what does that do? That like pushes the buttons of all of our control issues, whatever they, they may be where you're like, I just, I want to know that everything's fine, even though things aren't fine. And the fact that we just have to let some relationships go and let them be what they are and just be like, God deal with my heart. Let me operate in a place of forgiveness to forgive myself for any mistakes I've made, repent of any mistakes Mm. I've made where I don't even get to say, I'm sorry, or make amends with this person. God, would you forgive me? And then if I see them and it's, and it's safe and healthy for both of us to have a conversation in the future. May God, I would love that opportunity. If not, I just give it over to you. So there, there's one scenario there yeah. where you, where it feels like a relationship died, but you never get to have a conversation. You just have to continually no closure. Just no closure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's that, and then there's the ones that are maybe in your life, and they are they have become toxic, and it's like you guys were running in the same direction, and then all of a sudden it's like, what is going on here? Um but you do keep hanging out and you have these moments and you're like, ah, I don't know. And I think it just gets to a moment where you're like, can, can we just have a real conversation? Like a, in a way, like a DTR, can we define this relationship right, right now? Cause it feels like things have changed a little bit. I really love you, but can we just point out some of the elephants in the room? And then can we decide how we want to move forward? Mm. And um, again, like you said, if, if it's like an unsafe relationship. Um, in the, and I'll tell, let, let me talk about that for a minute too. Cause you know, it's like, I want to have safe friends. Well, yeah. But the way that we have safe friends is we become a safe person. Mm, you have good. to become a safe person first to expect safe people to revolve around your life. What does it look like to become a safe person? Again, what it looks like to be a safe person is doing the work in your own life, doing the work of repentance, of forgiveness, of getting healing. If you need counseling, if you need prayer, if you need to be in discipleship, if you need accountability, choosing to be accountable, because we're as accountable as we want to be. Don't expect somebody to call you all the time, but lay your life down and say, Hey, I need to chat. So when you start to do that work in your life, you become a safe person. You'll start to attract the same sort of people. So if you've been in a relationship with someone for a very long time, but you're doing the work of sanctification in your life, but you're seeing that they're not, and it feels like the relationship's going like this, that's when you start to have a conversation where you're like, hey, we've been friends for a while. Here's what I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not perfect. Um, but I think these, I mean, I know I'm throwing out like multiple different scenarios, but honestly, that's what is hard about relationships. They're all so different. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. There's no, like, here's the golden answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the, you know, what do you, so like, even if it's not like, okay, we need to break off this relationship, but (laughs) I see this thing in you. Yeah. You should do something about it. And what can I do to help? help you with that without taking it fully on and having the boundary still, but like, Mm -hmm. Hey, what can I pray for? What can I, you know, do? Like, I see you not living the best life you can. I see you gossiping right now about that person. Or I see you like, how, like, how can we help this? You want me to help call it out when I see it? Or like, we've had that long enough relationship. And, and then, you know, it's almost like, you know, that verse where it says, if somebody does wrong to you, bring it to them. They don't fix it. Bring yeah. It to the, like Matthew 18. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I see that kind of similar to just the friendship thing. Not that they necessarily totally. do anything wrong to you, but it's like, Hey bro, like go to always cool. go to the person first. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that is, um, but that's where, I mean, you've nailed it. You basically yeah. talked about it. If you have a relationship with someone, you've been in a, in a relationship with them long enough, like, and you truly love them, like Mm -hmm. love goes, Hey, like, I'm not going to let you step out in front of a truck because you're going to die. 
like right. you step out in front of a truck. Why do we let people step out in front of spiritual trucks all the time? And we're like, right. mm, you know, it's kind of like a true friend would be like, can I, can I just say something? But it's always truth and love because you want them to flourish. You want them to grow. Um, I think the one time when relationships, you're like, wow, this relationship has come to an end is when you literally are on different tracks. Right. And there is, if, if both parties aren't willing to repent and forgive, it's really hard to reconcile. Reconciliation is very difficult if there's not a reciprocity in the relationship. So again, that's like a totally different thing. Right. But, um, I do love in friendship. I think what you said is really powerful being able to go, Hey, how would you like me to call stuff out in you? Here's how I would love for you to call stuff out in me. Cause I know I'm not perfect and I want you to have my back and my front. So go ahead and tell me if I'm acting a fool. Um, I would love to be able to pull that out of you as well, because I want to see you succeed. I want to see you flourish. I want to see. So I think there's multiple, like you said, there's not like a, um, a one size or one answer fits all because relationships are so complex. And so are we. (laughs) And I, I think that, you know, um, going back to what you said about just like the repenting on both sides. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes I think it's like, Oh, they're toxic for me. And then we <laughs> can get our nose in the air. Like we are perfect. Oh like, yeah. Oh, that person, mm-hmm. you know, and, but reality is like, okay, what did, what part did I play? And did I play, you know, the person that was just standoffish and didn't call it out and let this get yeah. to a point, like, God, forgive me for that. And like, yeah. or even saying to a friend, Hey, forgive me, like for not calling this stuff out earlier. I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. know if you needed it or whatever. And um, I think it's, you know, I have relationships I broke off that I definitely right now in my life do not want to reconcile with. Yeah. And, um, and like tried to do things like honorably like that and just blew up in my face. And it's like, yeah. no way I want to have that relationship again. Um, but at the same time, I feel like this guilt, like why, why, do I feel that when they're created in the image of God and they are yeah. doing the best that they can here and now? Um, but also I know like this relationship would not be good for me. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, how do, how do you do that? But it's like, God wants us to all reconcile. So I don't know. I don't know really know what I'm asking there, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do mm. you do with that? How do you, how do you bring that before God? And just like, yeah. I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. I think, I think you're probably relating to most people that are listening. Mm. Right. <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, I think we probably all have those relationships right now as we speak, every yeah. single one of us. What's so interesting is I feel like 2020 and 2021 was such a dividing line and a disruptor mm-hmm. of relationship. Even if you had healthy relationships, it was some of those ones where you went, wait, I didn't think, I didn't think this was going to end. Like I didn't see this happening, but how do you, I think for me, there is a lot of, um, I just, it's ownership, ownership, ownership of what Mm -hmm. you can own. And then going, God, I release them to you. It's, it is the simplicity of continual repentance and forgiveness. Um, I, I think even just a certain scenario recently for me, like, I mean, we pastored for years. Of course, people, we were imperfect pastors, right? but I'm like, Oh God, forgive us, forgive me for the things that we did wrong. And people that got hurt, if there was ever collateral damage, God, would you forgive me and reveal things to me? So I don't do it again. Like I want to learn from those mistakes and father, thank you for your forgiveness. Is there anyone I need to forgive? And I tell you what, like, it is the only thing I know to do to keep my heart soft. And so I, I think that's all we can do. And, um, I was talking to a friend today and it's like, you know, you get into those discussions. You're like, I so understand why Jesus said you have to forgive 70 times seven (laughs) that, you know, it was like, Peter was looking for the law, like the letter of the law. Like how many times do we have to forgive these fools? Like, and Jesus is like, Oh, Peter, a lot. Right. (laughs) You're not really asking the right question there, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know it's really simple, but it is what has kept me and kept Mm -hmm. me in love with Jesus, kept me in love with the church, kept me trying to get in new relationships and, and forgiving in old ones. Like it's, it's really the simplest thing. I know keeping it simple is the best thing I I know how to do to keep it from getting complicated. Right. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so, uh, 
navigating that while you're jumping into like you're in a new area now so like let's yeah. just use an example mm-hmm. and you're probably meeting new people what mm-hmm. is that like do you identify stuff like for first impressions right there are people talk about, about their first impressions like don't go off first impressions right away but do yeah. you feel like you become wiser as you start to identify like this stuff is toxic for me. So like when you, you know, like, Hey, you go over to a couple's house for dinner, you're talking with them and also like, mm, that something doesn't sit right. Does that stand out yeah. more to you without being like judgmental? Totally. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. That's a, that's actually a really good question because we all want to love each other and none of us are perfect. And you know, we all show up at right. the table, like limping to the table. Right. Yeah. So I think, yes, it, it's such a great question. Cause I write this book. I, I started writing this book before the pandemic. People are like, it's so timely. I was like, no, this mm. was like in the works. This was not like a reaction. This was like right. already happening. But, um, I think for me now I'm having to live it in a whole new way where we haven't even lived here a year. Right. And so we are like, it feels like, Oh my gosh, we're starting all over again in the friendship like circle, like trying to figure it out as couples, as individuals. And I would say that over time I have gained wisdom. Like you, you do gain wisdom or you keep making the same mistakes. And so what right. I do now is I pay attention to that. Ooh, the discernment. Yeah. Just pay attention to it. Doesn't mean somebody is evil or wrong. It just means like, ooh, I'm I'm noticing something that could down the road be unhealthy, um, an unhealthy combination in a relationship or a friendship. And then I'm also noticing things in myself that I can own. There have been a few friends here that have been wonderful and have been the most healing friendships and relationships that I've been able to step into. But what I've had to do is realize in myself when I'm like, Hey, I just need to recognize something that I'm getting to a place now in our friendship where I am terrified that I'm going to mess something up or not do something Mm. right. And so there's a part of me that wants to isolate myself, but I'm not going to. So it's like that ownership side again of like knowing what is mine and right. what is somebody else's. And then also just going, you know, I just don't, I don't think that's a friendship that's going to work out and that's fine. And I'll just yeah. see him and wave to him, but it doesn't mean we need to go deep and I don't need to share everything with everyone. One of my friends, Irene Rollins says this all the time. She says, be authentic with the many and vulnerable with the few Ooh. realizing that you just show up as yourself, like be yourself, be authentic Right. Um, but only be vulnerable with the few people do not share everything with everyone. That's why when we like hashtag our vulnerable posts on social media, it's like, this is not a safe space. You don't know these people. They're going right. to comment on your life. Don't give them that place. Wow. Um, so that is a rule of thumb that I now live by because mama over here loves to, I I'm like you, yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, I learned the hard way of like going in too quickly. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. My yeah. wife's going to be so happy that you said that. She's like, <laughs> like, she said, what are you doing sharing that on Instagram? Like, you know, she called me out all the time. Like, oh, you're right. And delete, like only five people saw it, you know, like, and it's like, yeah. but I, I used to be really bad at it. I mean, and you know, where it'd be like, oh, what was me? I'm going through this and like do some like sub tweet poetic thing. Yeah. Kind of and it's <laughs> like, sweet. it's just nasty. Like thinking about it now, it's like, that's so disgusting You're for like, me to Sorry, do that. God. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I have a well. friend who goes through my books, um, before I sent, turn them into my turn in my manuscript. And I was like, I need you to look through the things that are like, you're like, do not, don't you dare write that. Don't like publish wow. that. And she said to me, she's like, this comes off like a subtweet. And I was like, mm. oh no. <laughs> so she's like, you need to pull that out. And so I get that. Um, I really, I really get that. And I'm glad I had they- a lot about in that book right there. Friendship is complicated. <laughs> like I did where I had to like own it. I had to write that from Andy's perspective. Otherwise, like what I was going to go around and point the finger and God's like, that's not what I need you to do. Right. I need you to show people how to own their stuff so they can be healthy. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> that's so good. I think that's, you know, like owning your stuff, mm-hmm. be able to put the boundaries, but owning like what you did, but also not taking on the other person's reaction, I think is important. Like yeah, you reacting in a healthy way. You can't, can, you know, you can't do anything about how their unhealthy reaction to your healthy solution or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I feel like I heard that once and that's why it's coming up in my brain. I like um, it. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you can't like, they may react in an unhealthy way or they may react in a, 
very healthy way and it could surprise you. And it's like, okay, let's talk about this. And, uh, but yeah. I think that it's important to note that it's like, you can't respond to their unhealthy reaction to a healthy, um, solution. Gosh, that's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you can use that. You get, get your next book or rewrite it. Thank you. As, it as I heard someone say once. Say, yeah. You don't need to quote <laughs> yeah. me. So I, I definitely heard somebody say that once. Like I know that, you know, I can claim it. So I can't You want to claim it? Go ahead. Claim I'll claim it. it. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'll take that. But so you, you know, you've been posting on your Instagram, your stories, like, Hey, I'm doing this book. I'm writing this yeah. new book. You just talked about it in the beginning yeah. of this episode. And, um, can you give us a little hint about what's, what's it about and what's going on with it? Yes, I totally can. So I can share a little bit. I can't share the title or anything like that yet, but this book is basically about navigating change and transition. Well, allowing awesome. the constant change outside of you to bring Christ-like change within you. And it's in a way, a discipleship book about navigating change and not just, I mean, it's ironic. I feel like every, every book that I've ever written, I had to live before, Mm -hmm. live in different ways before I wrote it. Um, But this one, I mean, yes, we just moved from New York to Charleston, but it's not just about that. It's about suffering loss. Like if you lose a loved one unexpectedly or find yourself divorced, or you are, you know, like all the way up to huge governmental change, wars and rumors of wars, like everything that's happening in the world, because I think nobody likes change. I mean, some people do the adventures are like, yeah, bring it on. Like, right. But for the most part, there's so much that you have to navigate and how to navigate change with integrity is really important. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of the gist of the book. And I'm really, really excited about it. It's going to come awesome. out in the election year. So Wow, here we go. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it because, I mean, right now I'm living through like five different changes happened in my life mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, my wife and I left the church that I was at for like five years yeah. Um, got a new job and that closed down in December. And I just oh got a new gosh. job that I started two weeks ago. And so it was like, it's just change after change. And it has caused so much like what's going on. And you yeah. know, my pastor, my, my um, new pastor, he did a message that's just been sticking with me in my head called, you know, God defined your circumstances. And he talks about, mm. you know, Dan, uh, not Daniel, um, Joseph yep. and how he's like, I've been faithful and nonstop. I, I ran away from the girl that, you know, tried yeah. to sleep with me, did everything. I'm in this prison. What the heck, God? Like, I've been yeah. faithful nonstop. Yeah. Like, why? And like, letting God define the circumstances. And that's what I felt like the past, like, year, less than a year. Like, God, I've yeah. been faithful nonstop what is going on? Like, I know yeah. that you called me. I know that you, you know, but I've lost two jobs within like one year. That doesn't make sense. And it's nothing I yeah. did wrong. You know, it's like, so, um, mm. I want to read that book. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to get it out to all y'all as they say down here in the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My awesome. accent's changed. Just kidding. Just, <laughs> just on the verge of change. It, 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 you do pick up the accent down there pretty easily so i hear yeah you pick up some of the sayings like there's some stuff where i realize "Mm," i mean and i've lived in australia i I was born in the pacific northwest and then lived in australia lived in new york city and now down here so you know (laughs) yeah pacific northwest where 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 there that's where my wife wants to go and we're going there we're going to washington yep um in june god god willing we you You know know what do you know what part of Washington? I'm from I'm from the border of Washington and Idaho. So Spokane, okay. Washington. So it's like a mid-sized town, not a small town, not a right. big city, but somewhere in between. It might be there. I have no idea. So yeah, I mean Seattle's over there. So Seattle's more of like a destination place people would go to. But they're like it is it's a gorgeous place, like the mountains yeah. and it's the evergreen state. So yeah, we're I know we're gonna be doing some mountain stuff and hiking and we're going to be renting tents and going oh my there, gosh you're so. doing it you're going camping yeah, doing, doing all the stuff that's cool it. she loves it out there i've only been there i've only been to portland okay so um yep. there wasn't i mean we were in the there wasn't much there the mountains you could see right but um yeah I was looking, I'm looking more for the hiking experience and the trees. And yeah. All that I'm curious that. where you guys are going. If you, yeah. if you know, email me later and tell yeah, me which part you're going to. <laughs> yeah. I will. So, 
All right. Last, last question. I ask everybody okay. this. Um, the podcast is called Your Authentic Life. Um, how would you define your authentic life here and now? Like in a world that says you be you, you know, I don't agree with that living authentically. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, you know, individualistic and idealistic and like you're, you're not actually living authentically when you're, you be you lifestyle. You're mm-hmm. really, I mean, your influence is TikTok and stuff like in this world. And like, that's what yeah. people are saying. You be you. And it's like, no, that's not, what would you say mm. is living authentic life? Yeah. I love that question. I love that. I just shared, um, the authentic with the many and vulnerable with the few too. Yeah. Cause it's like, that is right. what you're doing here. Um, but for me being my most authentic self is, uh, this is a big thing I talk about. I was chatting with one of my kids about it just a couple of weeks ago, but honestly, a laid down life is an authentic life. And Let's I think go. for me, I, I have learned that surrender is the safest place that I can, I can be. I'm like, what does, what does it look like? And this is what I was chatting to one of my kids about. I was like, do you truly understand what it is to follow Christ? Like mm. to lay down your life, to be crucified with Christ, to pick up your cross daily. And don't worry, it doesn't stop there so that you can walk in his resurrection power on a daily basis. Wow. And so I think for me, there's just so much, even in this season, my word for the year, if you will, which i never got a word for the year ever yeah. until I moved <laughs> down here. And they're like, what's your word for the year? I was like, oh, this is the thing here. I was right. like, God, what's my word for the year? You know, but um, what's so funny is, my word over this year is surrender. Like it's good. I just, I've let go of so much that I thought was mine or thought was, cause I think a lot of times we think that our authentic life or our identity, um, is obviously in what we do and what we can put our name to. And it was like, God took so much away from me and I had to repent and go, Oh, I am so sorry that I thought who I was, was Mm. wrapped up in all of these things that I did and what my name was attached to. So I'm sorry, God, (laughs) but, um, so that's, that's it for me. Surrender, surrender right now. That is like the word of my life, but the word of the moment too. That's good. Awesome. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. lastly, where can people find you, buy your books, follow what you're doing, get excited about your next book? Ooh. So, I mean, honestly, my name is Andy, Andrew, Andy with an I, Andrew, no S on the end. Cause there Mm. is a male author. Andy with a Y mm. and with an S on the end. So, you know, if you look <laughs> it up, you might be confused. Like, right. these, these are not the books that she right. talked about. Um, so, I mean, all of my social handles are my name, just at awesome. Andy Andrew. My website is andyandrew.com and you can get my books anywhere on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of those places. Just look up Andy Andrew's books. And the first one's called She is Free. Second one is Faker Follower. And then Friendship is Complicated. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking your time to talk with me. And I'm sure everybody's going to be blessed by this episode. And if you made it this far into the episode, uh, go and follow, uh, subscribe to this podcast and uh, give it a rating if you like it. And you should like it because you, you made it this far into it. So give it a rating. Uh, thanks for listening and join us next week for our next guest. <laughs>